know if you know this, but today is a very special day. Do you want to know what today is? What is today? On the day that we are recording this podcast, uh, Little what Miss day is that? Wednesday, Wednesday, May nineteenth. Wednesday, May nineteenth. Today is my mom's birthday. Oh, one of our most dedicated <laughs> listeners. One of our most dedicated listeners. And I also feel like I should give her a guest writing credit at this point for the amount that she's been featured on this show. Um, I mean, as as if you're a regular listener, you know that we bring up her um, like morning greetings in every episode. And I, I talk about her a lot on the podcast. Uh, you know, she's a big part of my life, so it makes sense. Um I actually posted something on Mother's Day on my Instagram story. It was just a picture of my mom. Um, and I said, I love you, mom. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, sorry for talking about you on my podcast. Uh, so, hi, mom. Happy birthday. I hope you're having a great day. <laughs> mm. Happy well, birthday. Happy birthday, Lori. Uh, since it's my mom's birthday, I thought it would be an appropriate time to talk about a topic that I've been wanting to chat about for a little while, uh, and that is family. Um, in my, you know, adult life, I'm kind of shifting my concept of family, which I think is a natural part of, of growing up and entering your 20s. Um, my understanding of family from a young age was kind of uh, automatic. You understand that, um, you know, here's your family, this is what you're born into, these people love you, and you love them. And it's it pretty much goes off from there, or at least it did in my case. Um, but now that I'm getting older, I'm getting opened up to the concept of found family, and I'm choosing people in my life to spend time with that I would very much consider a part of my family. Uh, I would consider a, a great deal of my friends a part of my family. I would consider you to be part of my family as well, Sean, um, because of of the love that's there. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, also something that is, is notable in the conversation of family, to me in particular, um, is that in queer circles, we have this you know concept of chosen family that's really, really important. Um, something that we get as a privilege of, of being queer is the, the capacity to really get to choose people in your life that you, you want to spend time with and that you want to love. Um, it's just such a gift. And I have a queer chosen family as well as just a chosen family in general that uh, I'm so, so grateful for. So I figured that this would be a perfect time to, um, to ask you about family and, and to talk to you about it and see what it means to you. Um, so the question I have for you to kind of kick things off um, is who in your life do you consider to be part of your family? Other than blood relatives, of course, who we kind of automatically associate with family. Um, who would you consider to be a, a familiar presence in your life? Mm, the uh, concept of family is a really interesting one. One that has a lot of diverse meanings to people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Which it's is true. a very it's, obvious it's a really vast term. sort of thing to say. Um, That's true, though. It's worth bringing up. I... We are welcomed into family before we even know it. Uh, and sometimes, even though we have a conception of family in an emotional way, the rational one comes much later. Like, for example, there's uh, a, yeah. a man in my life who I knew as Uncle Brian, who I was very surprised to find out was not actually my uncle. Um, you know, but I the love isn't any isn't diminished by that realization. I also have an right? Uncle Brian. 
very funny. Every everyone has an uncle, Brian. <laughs> everybody, everybody has an okay. What's that? What's that phrase? Bob's your uncle. Like everybody has an uncle, Uncle Brian, or an Uncle Joe, or like an Aunt Karen. Like just very common. Anyways, it's hilarious. It's true. Um, I think uh, that uh, I have quite a. Uh, mm, there are a lot of people I would consider part of my family. They're not blood related to me. I am not mm-hmm. distant with anyone in my family. I, there are people I'm not as close with only because of the timing. Some of them are older than me um, or much younger than me. And so, the, you know, uh, you don't always pass by them as much or they live elsewhere. But uh, I'm not mm-hmm. um, distant specifically or or intentionally with any members of my family. Uh, I'm blood related. Um, I... I uh, yeah, I, I so I consider you know everyone in my family part of my family, and I know not, not everyone not everyone gets to do that. Um, sometimes you have to distance yourself from people who you do consider family, and that can be incredibly difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there are definitely people uh, who are friends who came into my life after a point, um, and I would consider family. I think most of them know who they are. Um, if you're not sure. Ask me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but there are people like you um, and and quite a few friends that I oh, just I are part of family. Uh, yeah. And a lot of that has to do with love. Um, I think that's a huge part of how you define a family. And I think that's also mm, part of the mm, I agree. very powerful part of... Part of the very powerful part. Great. Um, <laughs> of chosen it. family is to actively develop a love as strong as one which is given to you and you are born into. Right. Of your, uh, the family that you surrounded you at birth. I guess blood family is maybe not the best term to use because someone who is raised... Right, some people are, you know, adopted into families. Blood family might not be the, um, the right term. Maybe more just like immediate family or like relative family. So... Um, you're kind of legal family, I suppose, or or who you the family that you were, um, in some way brought into from a very young age. Yeah, and and there's um a beautiful thing to that to the people who were there as you were growing up, right? So the people who helped mm. raise me were not just related to me and or tasked yeah, with exactly. taking care of me, right? Um, the family friends who looked after me, the people who you were raised um, by, is who very talked much to family, me, who, no matter who you know, were there for me, are are part of my idea of family even if they aren't part of family sometimes someone is part of your idea of what it means to be family even if they aren't necessarily part of your family if that makes sense mm-hmm. they're just yeah, so connected to um the same parts that you identify your family such an with. integral part of your life um, sure but uh, yeah a large part of it is just love and and who we express that love to the the depth of it um and its context now i you and I disagree on love. Um, mm, we do. I don't believe in the separation of love. That sort of ancient Greek, um, mm. ostensibly ancient Greek origins of of the divisions and uh, you know delineations of right, types kind of, of love. Right, they're kind of sectioned you know, off, platonic, familial, romantic, uh, all these different on the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe in that. Uh, I think it's all the same kind of love. It's all just different expressions of the same kind of love. And the reason I believe that is because within those things, like the love I express to you, Angie, uh, Goose Boy, um, Hello. is very specific. <laughs> and there are other people in my life who I love just as deeply uh, and who yeah. are my friends who 
you know, by the ancient Greek, ostensibly ancient Greek definition, um, would be the same kind of love. And I just, I disagree. Um, that wasn't under the same umbrella, the same kind of thing. It, it's a very unique thing to the person. So I don't necessarily agree that it's the same, that it's um, a different type of love in, in a romantic relationship or a familial one. It has to do, I think, entirely with the amount of love. I think individually, um, that's where we really draw the line of family. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I, I believe in that is I believe love is a very simple thing. I don't believe in introducing complications to love. I believe we mm -hmm. collectively generally assume love is a complicated thing because of its simplicity and the fact that it maintains that simplicity despite complicated situations. However, that's a topic I for an Yeah, we're going we're to have to do an episode I, on love. I, I think, think that's that definitely in the making. A part of it is that family can be a love that just feels um, so deeply rooted to your person that otherwise it would, uh, to continue the metaphor, uproot you in some way to lose that person or that dynamic. Um and so, yeah, I right. would. I there are quite a few people I would consider family mainly because even if I don't talk to them actively, um, to lose them in any permanent way, uh, or you know, lasting way. If if you had if if, if their love very and, very and what they bring to your life, if you went without it, it would it would be a loss. Yes. That is is kind of what family means to you in in a in some capacity, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm glad you bring up the point about like different types of love too. Um, I know that that's not something that you believe in, but sorry, that's not mean. I know that's not necessarily something that you subscribe to, but it it kind of is to me. And um, I'm still not totally sure how I feel about it. And we will have a larger conversation about love very soon. I promise. If you're listening and you're particularly eager for that episode, um, but the reason I ask why, um. Like, like who in your life do you quantify as family um, is because I'm very aware of the separation that I have between my found family, you know, my, my friends um, and, and people that um, aren't necessarily like my direct family. The reason why there's um, the reason why I ask that is because I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of the separation between my found family and my direct family. Um, and I'm not quite sure how I got there, to be honest. Um, the one thing that I know for sure is that the love is there in both cases. Um, the love that I feel for my direct family is just as strong as the love that I feel for my, my chosen family and vice versa. Um, but I don't think the love is exactly the same. Uh, I think they're pretty similar. I'm definitely able to recognize that kind of really deep truth of I would do anything for you um, for both my chosen family and my uh, direct family. But I, I do feel a different kind of love. And I think um, that comes with the fact that my love for my family was something that I was born into, um, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. I was, I was born into, you know, a pretty decent family structure, um, where I knew that the love was there. Um, and on the other hand, the love for my chosen family came over time. Uh, it was something that took developing and took, um, effort and work and time and understanding and bonding. So even though the love is just as strong on both sides, I can definitely feel that they're different. Um, mm. so that's just why I wanted to ask you, like, who in your life do you quantify as family is, um, how do I quantify 
someone as family if the love I feel for them is a little bit different than my direct family or the family, you know, that I that I understood growing up. Yeah, I think Um yeah. Um I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh No, no, go I, ahead. I, I think I think it is, again, still the same love, but different expressions of it. And I think so much of how we understand something is in how it's expressed and not what it is. Um, mm -hmm. I think our understanding of love is a complicated thing because people are complicated. And relationships with people are complicated necessarily because they're comprised of two complicated things. Um, but the bond between them, I believe, is simple, which is, mm. uh, as, as said, love. Um, but I think one of the most difficult and beautiful parts of family is that uh, there's no one else in your life who has had the same role for the same amount of time. Exactly. And so, but it's yeah. interesting that you talk yeah. about effort because one of the reasons you believe you were automatically born into love is because of the effort of love given to you. Um, Entirely. Completely. And, and, yeah, I agree and with so, that. And uh, so it's almost impossible to ever replicate that with someone who has not been in your life as long even if the love mm. is still as strong, the way it's expressed is completely unique. And so I believe in not um, differentiating the type of love because I think what's more important is the situation, the different situation. Um, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we notice that, uh, that uh, our chosen family can feel so much like a family and so distinct from our conception uh, earlier of a family in our lives, um, one that comes far before rationality uh, and one that we mm. don't really get to choose, though is still developed and it still requires effort on every party's end. But, you know, the people you're born into, um, including the family yeah. friends who were there, you know, for most of your life. But, you know, just the time is sort of uh, incomparable. Um, yeah. Incomparable. I think that's the word um, like spent with someone who, uh, <laughs> if if the dynamic is fairly healthy, uh, is giving so much of their uh, life to you, um, mm. their time. Uh, you know, even if someone means a lot to you now, no matter what they do, it's very difficult for them to compete. Um, not that it should be a competition, but you know what I mean? Uh, just yeah. in our conception of them as family. Um, that's why the dynamic is very is very interesting. Uh, the way love develops over time and the effort put into that love. Yeah, effort's definitely a big part of it too. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up effort because um, I feel like because I'm lucky enough to have been born into love, um, that maybe I don't put enough effort into my relationship with my direct family because I put so much energy into my relationships with my chosen family because I'm aware that that kind of got cultivated over time. That relationship with my chosen family came with time. Um, and because my relationship to my direct family felt so automatic that I'm not in my adult life putting as much energy into my, my direct family and into loving them. Um, and I think part of that is also that I, I know that I can, um, I definitely don't, let my immediate family uh, or my blood family or, or whatever you want to call it, I don't let them into my life as much as I let in my chosen family. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a weakness that I have. That's definitely something that I could be doing because, you know, the love is there just the same. And I, I, I do wish that I opened up to my family a little bit more and 
let them into my life and just just put in a little more effort um because i i recognize that the love i have for them and the love they have for me is just as important as the love that i'm cultivating outside of them um and uh i think that might be something that we come back to after the break yes our little chat about family um so i was saying that i don't always put in a lot of effort for my family and i I could maybe let them into my life a little bit more and and share a little bit of myself and my art and my you know my my wild little life that i got going on here um so as i work on that i'm just kind of contemplating my family i think it's in the grand scheme of things i think my family is is pretty average, pretty normal, you know, mom, dad, cousins, uncles, aunts, grandparents. It's, it's pretty normal when I think about it. Um, but not everyone's family looks the same and not everyone's family structure is the same. Uh, for some people, it's a completely different hierarchy. Um, and it just depends on who you ask. Um, so what I wanted to talk about with you, Sean, is, the idealized version of the family, um, whether that be like the, the storybook family or the kind of like Pleasantville family or the nuclear family. Um, I just want to know, was there ever like an ideal version of a family that you had in your head or maybe even something that challenged that? Oh, uh. It's very personal. It's kind, of a, uh, it's kind of a big question. I can um, talk about something if you well, want to think about no, it. No, no, no. Um, okay. I mean, you know, my, my parents split when I was quite young. Um, mm. So my conception of family is is different than uh, a lot of people's. Uh, actually, uh, I, I will say, this isn't always true, but it's very often the case that there are things that children whose parents are still together, uh, or sorry, people who as children, their parents were together the whole time and are still... Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I find it difficult to talk to them about certain things. There are just certain really? conceptions of family that they just can't understand uh, mm. growing up with separated parents. Um, so that's, you know, that's part of it. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I really do prioritize family in some ways. Uh, I, mm. for example, uh, make it a huge priority to have a healthy relationship Um with members of my family, uh, especially with my parents. I'm not always great at it, uh, and there were definitely years of my life um, that I was terrible it's, at it. It's kind of clunky. Uh, it's not easy. I don't know really anyone who in high school had an amazing relationship um, with the family generally, just uh, yeah. that concept yeah. of their friends. Cause I kind of think that part of that is, is, is you know part of growing up. Like You kind of have to go through... Um, not have to, but I think most people in their life go through a kind of 
tumultuous period, especially with their their parents. Um, and I think part of that is just like getting to know your parents as people as opposed to parents and your parents getting to know you as a person as opposed to just their child. And that's kind of mm. what I think about that. Yeah, and I think also a lot of it um, is uh, going into a society which creates an artificial family that you should aspire to. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the ideals yeah, of I'm family are um, manufactured rather than yeah. close to reality. Um, and the ideas we have of what it means to be in a family, what it means to uh, be a person generally, mm -hmm. um, are often much younger than we think they are. Uh, there's a lot of things mm. that are treated as though it's tradition. And that's not actually uh, the case. It was a to manufactured right, traditional manufactured family. Society. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. You know, we often, uh, um, especially in the Western world, whatever that means, um, have a very <laughs> horse blinder view of different parts of society. Um, Interesting. You know, of just this is what a family looks like. This is how it's structured. Um, these things are created. They're manufactured as an ideal for reasons that have nothing to do with us. Well, right. The, the family structure didn't come with humanity itself. We we fabricated it when we, you know, founded societies. Like it it it, it well, happened. It, fabricated's it an interesting word for time. someone well, who I just was, said I'm that their sorry. love for the family was automatic. <laughs> we, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean I don't mean fabricated. I mean it I, um yeah, it came with time. A it wasn't element. it wasn't uh, yeah, it's part natural and part constructed. It's something I don't that's, think a, that's, a bad that's thing. evolved. But for example, for example, uh mm -hmm. living on your own evolved like, is the word I'm looking for. The second you are an adult is a very new concept. That's a very yeah. new concept. Uh, and it just relative to the scope of human history. Um, and you're, for example, the elderly relatives in your life not living with you. Um, yeah. That's new. Uh, not looking after your parents when you're an adult, um, you know, and moving far away. Uh, and I understand these are all different things. And they're all, um, I think the Industrial Revolution uh, changed the family not only because of what was required of people, but because of what was advertised to them. Um, mm -hmm. so I'll be more specific and actually say something rather than just give general things that really everyone knows. Um, <laughs> uh, ooh, and I lost it. Our conception of family, uh, changes a lot based on the society we live in, but yeah, I it's know often what you're saying. at odds with the society we live in. And a lot of the difficulty, uh, can be when our conception of family is at odds with the one we are told to have. Yeah. I have a, I have a bit of an anecdote oh. that I just started thinking about just now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky that like, you know, like I said, I saw my family as like, you know, pretty much average. I, I didn't see, um, any like incongruencies with my family to the rest of the world. I, I didn't struggle to see my family in, in movies or TV. And I, I never felt like I was kind of left out from the conversation of family. Um, so I'm, I'm very fortunate there, but, um, I will say that I, like, I know that a lot of people come from maybe not so conventional family structures or not so cookie cutter family structures, and they can kind of feel left out in the conversation because their family doesn't look like what TV or movies or whatever tells them it should. It doesn't look like the stickers on the back of the silver minivan driving to hockey practice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So I remember watching the movie uh, Matilda, which is a fabulous movie with with my uh, with my mom when I was growing up. Um, and there's a scene at the end of the movie where uh, Miss Honey, the teacher, adopts. No, spoilers! Oh my god, Angie. <laughs> adopts it's a Matilda. very short book actually <laughs> I, I noticed that i remember reading that as a kid also and like I everyone's seen finished it matilda in like an hour and i was like wait that's it it took me like several weeks to finish it as a kid so i was like, a very fast whatever, reader whatever an hour like I was okay. a very very fast reader <laughs> i bet you like read under the covers of the flashlight huh oh i read under my desk in class i don't want to interrupt your anecdote with my anecdote but no go for um, it I read Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I remember this is one of the oh only memories gosh. I have of elementary school. Um, I shouldn't have been able to do this. I want to say that outright. I should not have been able to sit under my desk for as long <laughs> as I was able to without anyone saying anything. Um, and I read, yeah, so I strange. finished the Goblet of Fire underneath my desk for the most part. Um, oh, I my God. I used to go out of my way to read. Sean's I used reading. To, Just let him be. I used to hide to read uh no i stayed up far too late uh i bought the last books yeah i remember actually reading um uh, a book my my cousin recommended to me and i bought that day um i remember who it's by uh it was called horns it was by stephen king's son um oh who, yeah, who, yeah, yeah yeah joe yeah. hill that's what i think his that's what joe he hill calls himself um anyway i just remember i started reading it and then at 3 a.m i had finished it um Oh my gosh! I I do that a lot, but I um, good for you. <laughs> some some uh, people might refer to that as a uh, fixation. Um, I yeah, with reading, I, I go in and out of of reading a tremendous amount to reading nothing at all for months. Um, wow! But tell me more about Matilda. Yeah, I really like that story. I can picture like little Sean under the table reading Harry Potter. No, you can't. That's, no, you can't. Yes, I, I can. I'm doing it right there. now. Don't stop me. I want to do it. <laughs> um, so Matilda. I'm watching the movie Matilda, and there's a scene where Miss Honey adopts Matilda. We've all seen it. Danny DeVito. Um, it's not Danny DeVito. Is it Danny DeVito? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Danny DeVito doesn't play Miss Honey. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> That'd be funny if he did. Um, but there's a moment at the end where Miss Honey adopts Matilda and they're just kind of like together in their house. They're spending time together and they, they just have this beautiful life together full of a lot of love. And that was the first time that it occurred to me that a family can just be two people. Um, and I had never really thought of it that way before. And understanding that as a kid is is just so wholesome and sweet. Um, but ultimately what I understand now as an adult, uh, as I, as I have my chosen family is that a family can look like anything as long as the love is there. That's really my view on it. I think if, if you have that, that strong sense of love, like I was saying, like you would do anything for them and you know, that looks different for everybody. But for me, that's, that's what it feels like. Um, family's a family as, as long as that love is is present and that's really what matters um i don't think i'm like saying anything new here um but that's that's kind of how i saw it and just knowing that this little family of two was thriving out there and that little storybook was so sweet um and uh yeah i don't know i just always thought that was so wonderful what what makes a family to you like what constitutes a family um well i think Huh. Uh, I actually... It's not an easy question. I, you know, I am not a traditionalist at all uh, in the conservative political sense. 
uh, mainly because mm. most of the traditions, quote unquote, are actually much newer than they say they are. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I do believe in in very deep, <laughs> very deep, uh, but things I'm with so deep. with very longer deep. roots traditionally um, than the tree metaphor again. The, oh, there's always a tree metaphor. Life there's is one big tree. tree metaphor, and I hope to be a bird in Life that is tree. Life one big tree. Um, I think tradition is a part of family. I think tradition is a part of family. Um, yeah. I think making a conscious effort for someone to be in your life, even if it isn't physical, and mm. opening yourself up to the kind of love that if it was no longer in your life, it would. <laughs> it's a very negative framing of it, I know, but that's what I specialize in. No, um, I'm get. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. That if. It would be painless to lose someone. They probably aren't family. Or if it would be an annoyance, a frustration, they probably aren't family. You can accept losing someone peacefully. If if your life, yeah, if if your life would be worse without that kind of love, then it probably means you you found a, a family member in some capacity. Though, also be careful because sometimes something we're used to is not always. Because I think someone can be part of your family and it doesn't mean it's healthy, but they're still part of your family. And losing someone, even when you don't want them to be there anymore, can Mm -hmm. still hurt. And I think that's the difficulty with family is that once that love is, is there, it either has to leave or continue. That's why I believe that love is simple is I don't think it really morphs. I think a lot of the pain of love... Uh, and the the beauty of it is the way it will either be there or not. Is that after losing someone, I think we deal with this a lot with grief. Um, uh, the love we have for them often doesn't actually change from the love we had for them when they were alive. And it can no longer be expressed in that specific, unique way. Mm. So... Yeah, I hear what you're saying. To To open yourself up to family is to open yourself up to grief wow whoa that's heavy oh my gosh and joy i see what you're saying though but <laughs> you know to open yourself up to to joy is to open yourself up to grief but it doesn't work the other way so mm. don't uh stick with grief because it won't actually open you up to joy it will just feed itself hmm. you know as we're um we're finishing up i i wanted to bring up Something that we spoke about earlier, um, you brought up this beautiful uh, quote from your grandmother um, that I I, uh, I know you know all the listeners will be privy to at some point, but it got me thinking about, um, like I said, how I, I don't always let my family into my life in the way that maybe I should. Um, and I'd like to also touch on the fact that family to me, also has a great deal to do with the home and, and where I consider to be my home. I think the reason why I consider um, my, you know, my current chosen family um, as so close to me is because they're involved in, in my living space and in what I consider to be my home. Um, and so part of letting my family into my life means means letting them into my home a little bit and... Um, just letting go of a of a barrier, I think, and yeah, I could probably work on that. I could probably work on that, but 
Um, in the meantime, I will say to my blood family, to my legal family, to my chosen family, and to anyone else who I'm, I'm leaving out, um, I'm grateful to have you in my life, and I love you very much. That's, that's all I want to say. And I'm family. not going to say that because I'm an evil little rat man. You're an evil little rat man, no, are you? Yes, what would you like? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Obviously, I love uh, <laughs> everyone who I consider as part of my family. Um, I, I consider you as part of my family. I love you very much. I love you too, and yes, I consider you as part of my family. I, we just you you've opened up a discussion at the end as you always do. Uh, you sit <laughs> the whole time with a can of worms, I am also and they wriggle in your hand, and you man. go, "Not yet, not yet." <laughs> Not until the end of the episode. Then I'll open this can of worms and, and they'll be free. Um, oh, I went too far with that one. Uh, a home <laughs> is like not it. always the living space, especially yeah, if you Yeah, I agree. It can are, be the people you're with. If you are passionate about something, it is part of your home. That's one of the reasons mm. people... There's a reason people say, I feel at home doing this. And... Oh. One of the reasons it's a hot take. Maybe it can feel as though you're separate from someone. Is there's a part of your home you're not letting them into, and that's whatever mm. you're passionate about. That's one of the reasons I share my art with my family as much as I can because it's important to me that they know what I'm doing. And as someone who's writing um, sometimes difficult music uh, and sometimes abrasive music, uh, occasionally beautiful. That isn't always the point. Um, I still always want if the members of my family to hear it, even if they don't like it. The point isn't always that they like it. The point is that I am opening the door to them. Yeah, and they don't have to understand it either, or even like. Um, That's hard. Be though. completely immersed in it, in, in maybe in the way that you might want. It, the important thing is that you're sharing a part of your life with your family and sharing what you're passionate about. I really. I never really thought of it that way that you can feel at home doing something because you're passionate about it. And um, maybe I might, I might just take a page out of your book and um, see how I can share a little bit more of my art with my family because um, I, I think that would just be such a beautiful thing. I really do. Well, I love having you as part of my family. Have I said that? <laughs> what? You're fun. You're fun. I'm fun. Yes, you're fun. Well, I'm I'm very glad to have this podcast uh, and and you as a friend. Um, oh, you're so sweet. Uh, but I, love I you so much. yeah, I, I I think living without family is hard, and living with family is harder. <laughs> but <laughs> sure, um, sure. But you know, so many of the most beautiful things in the world and in life I come from uh, an abundance of hard work, and that doesn't always disqualify their beauty. You know. Sometimes that's, in fact, mm. where the mm. essence of the beauty, for lack of a better word, is, is in the perseverance and dedication it took towards it. And hmm. the obligation to the family yeah, I can, I think, to cap off that thing we were talking about that we couldn't say anything conclusively on. And to be fair, the point <laughs> of this podcast isn't to say anything conclusively. We never said we were going to be making conclusions. I couldn't tie my shoes until quite a late age. I'm not someone you should take too much advice from. Um, <laughs> I think the obligation to the family or to anyone can um, devalue and ignore the dedication it can take. I don't love my family because I should. 
Or at least I would mm. rather love anyone because I choose to and actively love them. And Right, that you, makes it stronger. You should yeah. the obligation to the family not only means that you have to forgive when maybe you can't forgive, but it also um ignores the profound uh dedication love can require from us. Hmm. You're very wise. No. Well, I'll leave off by saying that. No, well, yes, you are. Shush. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'll leave off by saying um, that family is very complicated. It's a complicated idea, um, even though you think that love is simple, and that's okay. The complications um, means, come from its interaction it with means, us. It is simple. That's that means it's complicated. Oh my god, we're gonna we're no. gonna we're gonna talk about no, this after we get up. <laughs> um, family means something different to everyone, um, but to the family in my life, thank you, and I love you. And um, I hope you listen to this podcast because <laughs> it's great. All right. Well, anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, then we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye, little family of listeners. Talk to you soon.